You're how many weeks in now, Ed? I am, I don't know how many weeks, three months and a week. So you've got got long enough perhaps to have kind of built some habits and to have a routine in the office? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Routine might be a bit of a stretch, but there are things that happen every day that I do. <laughs> I mean, is it is it all, is it, do you feel like your workday is predictable now? Um, well, because presumably when you when you first start somewhere, no matter how much experience you've got, you're working in a new team, everything is new, but generally at some point things settle down and you kind of get the set, if not a rigid routine, like a sense of how your days are going to pan out and what your work day is going to involve. I know what a day feels like, even if I'm not necessarily doing the same things every day. There are certain things that do happen at work, like work sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I bet it's weird for you as well, because you're working from home. You must have a maybe a strange working day or maybe a much simpler working day, probably. It's not a unique situation, but the unusual situation that I'm in of being kind of semi, well, mostly remote, but then with occasional pretty intense changes in, in schedule, it means that there is a pattern, if not a regular routine, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah. Nothing, is un, nothing is unsurprising, but... It's sometimes hard to say from what not every day is the same, but there are types of day, if you get my meaning. Yeah. So I thought of this question and I thought it'd be quite interesting to hear about how like a day in a remote job goes compared to someone in an office. Um, so that's why this week's question is, what does a developer do all day? I think this question ties in well with our like stated goals as a podcast as well, because we're explicitly trying to give people who are new to the new to this career or looking to get into this career an accurate picture of what it's like. So I think even though this, even if we do get into specifics of what each of us do when we're working as a, as professional programmers, it might be it's it's by its very nature it's very specific to us. But I think by having a painting a picture like that, you do you present. It gives an outline of what a developer's day could look like. Yeah, and you know for sure that it's accurate because it's very specific, and then you, like, we can trust our listeners to extrapolate out to the fact that everybody's work day is slightly different and everything is like context-specific. And there will be workplaces that are similar to what we do or what each of our companies do, yeah. Yeah, and I think it might be worth... I might turn like put it in context of other places I've worked as well because I've worked in a few development shops now, so there's... A, a wider breadth of experience there too yeah yeah it, it, this would have been something i'd have been interested to hear when i was looking for a job and thinking about applying just like knowing knowing what you let, you're letting yourself in for essentially in terms of the day at work as opposed to sitting at home learning where all you're doing is coding um hopefully you'll find out in this episode it's not just sitting down coding um there are other things that happen yeah and uh, where i work at the moment it's almost ex kind of implicitly part of our hiring process is that we talk about this kind of stuff with potential candidates. So everyone on the dev team gets a chance to chat to potential new recruits, um, mostly to give the new recruits a chance to pick our pick the brains of someone who's not C-level, like who would be normally sort of making that hiring and firing decision uh, to like let them get a sense of what what it's like on the on the ground floor so to speak yeah and the, the company i'm at you get a um i think when you're applying you get to come in for a day uh, get a sense of how the day goes so you get that full day from like 10 to 4 even though that's not the full day but you get a sense of kind of what happens when and the sorts of things that people are doing yeah and it doesn't need to be a complete and thorough overview of everything that happens it just you just need to have a sense of the mood that you're getting into and like 
what is this what is the spirit and the culture of this team that you're joining because it's an important it's a massive decision picking somewhere to work and what you do every day is <laughs> by, name, by its very nature a, a huge part of that yeah so um would you like to start or shall I start? No, why don't you start? Yeah. I wake up in the morning and no. <laughs> um so luckily my work kind of has um a, a very loose hours. You have to work your third, I think it's thirty seven and a half hours a week, but you only have to be in the office from ten to three. So you could start at seven and finish at three or start at ten and end at six. Um, or any time kind of in between that so core, core hours and core hours yeah yeah you, i think yeah that is what it's called um but that makes things quite interesting because people start at different times so kind of there'll be people kind of coming and going between the first three hours and the last three hours um of work so that's kind of in interesting in itself in that if you're kind of an early riser, you can get to work at seven o'clock and kind of almost maybe get two or three uninterrupted hours <laughs> to begin the day. Or if the same, if you're starting late, like there, a lot of people will have gone home by five o'clock. So you can have that extra hour of peace and quiet. I noticed that already, even early days in, you're, you're starting to value the importance of uninterrupted time. And the fact that that uninterrupted time might correlate with the fact that there's no one else in the office. <laughs> I mean, it does happen, doesn't it? People are walking, especially our office is open plan. So we're kind of all in a massive room and there's just loads of desks um, with our computers and headphones are very valuable uh, for when you want to mark that you're uh, busy deep in your work. Um, obviously, make sure you've got some code up on your screen, you're not watching a YouTube video or something. The coding is the sort of thing where you kind of get your head down, you get into the flow, you get in the zone, three hours fly by, supposedly. Well, that's what used to happen to me when I was at home coding. Um, and that does sometimes happen at work, but there's often kind of other things going on. There's, there's meetings to go to and kind of people will come and ask you questions throughout the day. There aren't massive blocks of time where you get that focused time. Which is, I guess, the naive view on a coding job is that that's all it is. Like, I think I would, it wouldn't surprise me if people listening are surprised that, oh, you don't just spend all day coding like I do when I code at home. Um, yeah, I'd say that the majority is probably not coding, to be honest. <laughs> it's uh, planning and kind of working out architecture and deciding what you're going to do, plan out how you're going to do. So you mentioned meetings. Do you have like set ones in a day or week? Uh, um, we have what's called um, I think we talked about this in the podcast before but we have what's called a, a daily stand up so we kind of get together in our little team I think I've moved team now so there's less of us so there's I think the six of us in our team so and then we kind of just let each other know what's going on what we're working on how we can help each other um, anything that's getting in our way we're an agile team so that means that we kind of we have a scrum master and all those things but that's actually really useful because I've found that moving into a team where it's kind of more lean agile um is this our scrum master is the person who says well tell me any problems you've got i'll i'll keep everyone away from you so you can have that focused uninterrupted time and i found that really useful and then on the converse of that if you're blocked on something and you need someone's help they're an instigator for putting you in touch with the right person and putting you together as well presumably yeah exactly and in in fact kind of this the daily stand-up where we all get together is kind of a time where that's saving people from interrupting people throughout the rest of the day because you know 
every day at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're going to have a chance to talk about anything that you need to talk about. Um, so before stand up, I, I usually get in about eight o'clock in the morning and then I'll get a couple of hours to kind of check any emails, go through any Slack messages, um, catch up with people in the morning and then kind of get my head down for maybe an hour, hour and a half to get on with some of the work. Um, and then stand-ups at 10 o'clock. Yeah, we have a similar kind of... Well, I've had a very similar setup at somewhere I've worked previously, which had... We were all in an office and we had core hours and we did almost exactly the same kind of thing. And you have to have your first like little short meeting of the day reasonably late in the morning, like 10 or 11 o'clock, to account for the fact that you have those kind of mixed-up hours. Um, where I am at the moment, we don't really have that so much. Most people are at their desks working by 9 o'clock. Um, so quarter past 9 is when we have our... well. It's a stand-up. We call it a sit-down because we're all at home and we're sat down. And we're too, we're slightly too nerdy to call it stand-up when none of us are standing up. But you not got the uh, not got your standing desk. I think some people do, but no, I've never seen anyone use them first thing in the morning. Um, <laughs> I I like the like the whole premise of it. But a stand-up is that you're standing, so you're not going to get into the depths that you're going to if you're sat around a table and you've all got coffee and pastries and things. Um, it keeps it short, keeps it sweet. <laughs> to a certain level if you're not standing up you just need a bit more discipline to make sure that you're concise uh, i think it helps that we're all dialing into a video call and the very fact that you're like the call is it's in the calendar we get an alert saying when it's going to happen and we all dial in means that you're you're very conscious of the fact that it's interrupt not interrupting but it's taking time from everyone in the team so you you do work to be concise um, generally the fewer people who are in, a, in a, on a given day the longer the stand-ups take, ironically. <laughs> that, that, well, the fewer people, the more time. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because then if, if, there's only, if there's only two or three of you, you can really like explain the problem that you cracked the day before and like, the interesting, you get the interesting tidbits about someone else's work day. Um, and maybe there's a bit of sort of chat and stuff as well. Um, where the, I think once you get more than f like four or five people in a, in a sit-down or stand-up, it does things move along a bit more briskly. <laughs> I guess it becomes a bit more, f more like a meeting, a bit more formal, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, the structure is more important then, and you're more conscious of wasting people's time because, well, not that you're not conscious of wasting people's time, there's only a couple of you, but it's less of a waste of time if two developers are talking about a thorny developer issue. But if you've also got maybe uh, one of the member of the support team and one of the, like, say, uh, someone who also does sales kind of stuff in there, they've got other things to be getting on with. Um, so it may, you're maybe more likely to be wasting their kind of team. Uh, their kind of time yeah and i guess you can uh what's it called at my you can take it offline is what people say at my work have you heard that <laughs> no well yeah I, no? yeah the concept of yeah you go break out and have yeah. a chat and you're that. halfway through a talk and then you realize that you, what you're talking about is probably not relevant to everyone so let, let's yeah. take this offline and we'll discuss it after yeah yeah, hmm. yeah we yeah we do the same sometimes it's oh let's, have, let's catch up after this and we'll really get into the the weeds on that thorny issue yeah so your stand-ups are talking about I guess, are they similar to what I described? Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of summarising what you got up to the day before, talking about what you're getting on, getting on with in the day or planning to get on with the day. And if you've got any blockages or anything, that is the best time to bring it up. Um, and also, if you're looking like you're going to be transitioning from one block of project to another. I mean, often we, we work by having little... Our tasks are as cards, uh, digital cards that we move along. Um, so when we've done it, but often you'll have quite a few cards surrounding one, an epic or a group of work that like, when that's done, there's probably a discussion to be had about what's happening next, which kind of brings us to maybe the first routine break in the routine 
that we have, which is that every Monday, rather than a sit down, we have a planning meeting. I don't know. Do you have anything similar like that? Um, so I think on this new team that I've moved to, it, yeah, there are planning meetings that happen once every two weeks. So are you doing sprints? Uh, they're not called sprints. Now they're called iterations, okay. So, yeah. which are essentially sprints. Um, so we have uh, two. I think it's two week, or I think they might be one week, one week iterations. Um, but there's lots of kind of. <laughs> strangely, they've planned out the next twelve weeks of work. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that can all change over time. But I'm I'm, I'm still uh, getting the feel in this one. In the last time I was in, due to the project that we were working on there weren't really sprints or anything like that it was a bit more of a nebulous uh, ongoing work yeah i think it's sensible to let the kind of work that you're doing dictate the structure and the sort of planning approach that you take to that work um if it's if it's yeah. not something that fits into convenient two-week blocks then probably sprints is not the best option for it um and that will change month to month week to week it's no good uh forcing something forcing some work into a structure just for the sake of it yeah exactly that structure's got to have use yeah, yeah you're quite right um i mean we tend to work on a essentially a quarterly cadence almost like we set like team and company objectives for like a, a three-month block um and then every month we catch up on those objectives um, and in between that every week we're kind of planning the like what's what does the next week hold for us just so that no one's ever reaches a point where like they finish doing something and then Ooh, what do i do next and then that shouldn't ever really be a decision that you make because it should always kind of be lined up to a certain level. Yeah. You plan too far ahead, plan too far ahead though, and you get into the, the dangerous territory of backlogs and infinite backlogs and <laughs> things that just do not um, ever come to fruition and where, where tasks and cards go to die. Yeah. So that's interesting. Every, I think that's probably the same for a lot of developers, isn't it? Every maybe two weeks, one week, whatever it is you're going to have you're going to have meetings that aren't necessarily part of every day hopefully um but they're they are they are useful at the end of the day and they do help kind of focus the work that's going on ahead um so that is something that happens during the day but isn't necessarily something that will that will happen every day and hopefully maybe once every two weeks something like that um you will have a meeting and it could take i mean some of ours take like a whole morning just working through the work but it gives you a good idea of what you're going to be working on and uh, and will make hopefully the work you do better yeah. yeah and you should be continually thinking about why you're doing the work that you're doing and how it fits into the broader context of like the company goals and stuff because otherwise why bother i mean if you're just doing work for the sake of work that's not efficient at all but once you've got after once you've got over the like you have your morning you have your stand up or you sit down your little planning session and then if it's one of the occasions where you have a bigger bigger chunk of planning to do you've got that out of the way are there any other regular things that happen any other regular meetings that happen in the day um not every day so the rest of my day is generally kind of just time to get on with the work um so it kind of it could be a multitude of different things so the, this week i've because i've been moving into a new team i've just spent the whole week pairing with another developer um so we've just been working through the card that we've been assigned together um while i'm getting up to speed with the uh, things pairing this week and kind of last week i was just doing some personal development because i needed to catch up some skills so i was working on my c plus plus uh the week before that i was i was just working on my uh, view project for me there's been a lot of change and probably at the moment there's not really a routine but I, I think i will get into one as i stay on a project for a longer period of time um but yeah the rest of the day generally just hopefully trying to get on with the work talking to people as needed yeah. Do you have 
anything else that gets gets in your way from coding? <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, the beauty of like this is where the real power of remote comes in is that there are very the much fewer interruptions, um, and the rest of the day is essentially get your work done time. Um, but no, there are there is a kind of a natural organic structure to that in that you ha you have meetings with people like ad hoc meetings with people to discuss pull requests and to maybe uh, talk through a new architectural decision or a new kind of feature that needs to be added sometimes that i mean it, it, that comes in sort of peaks and troughs i mean so there's one thing i've been working on recently which has had quite a lot of, of interaction and back and forth and there's some other bits where you're like oh, there's this thorny problem we know how like there aren't decisions to be made about how it's going to be solved so it's just a case of head down, get it done. And sometimes that can take like an entire day and you don't have any other interaction with the rest of the team until you've finished that, that thing or you roll over to the next day and, and you have your little morning meeting again. Um, so often you might go, like particularly the sort of the difference between like someone's doing front-end work and other people are on a back-end thing may not be much interaction between those people. But then if I'm doing something that's like touching the company like the brochure website, the marketing sort of side, then I'm going to be talking to people on the marketing team. And there may be like structured kickoff meetings for various different like projects. But generally speaking, it's more sort of head down, get the work done. Um, I've really been feeling the benefit of the isolation almost <laughs> recently because there's been a lot of, we're at the the stage in a new kind of product cycle where we're, we're putting together exploratory designs and wireframes and that kind of stuff is very susceptible to like, your train of thought being lost with an, uh, an interruption. Um, so there isn't so much of that. It's nice that all our water coolery stuff happens asynchronously on Slack. So you don't have to, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty strict about what I allow to push a notification through. Basically, it's the dev team, the support channel, and um, my immediate bosses are <laughs> the only people that get to, like, shout at Make me straight sure away. Get notifications from <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone, <laughs> everyone else, it's like, you make time in your routine to check those things. Um, yeah. Oh, that's good. It might be interesting. Um, we say get our heads down and do the work, but it might be interesting to maybe just discuss a little bit what what kind of you do when you are doing work. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not, when I'm doing work, I'm not just typing away at my keyboard the whole time writing code. Um, what I end up doing is kind of a lot of it seems is I, this might just be my position, and it, but then I see this from other developers as well. A lot of it is kind of researching, and a lot of the time we have to kind of make a an MVP sort of little. We just kind of uh, what they call it, or dog something, dog fooding, dog fooding. Yeah, where you're kind of just working on something, and you know it's not going to be the finished project, but you're just getting something that is. Oh, that's kind of no, no, no dog fooding is presentable. Dog fooding is consuming your own product in some way. Anyway, I, I've described it. There's probably <laughs> minimum, minimum viable products and prototypes and little experiments yeah. to like proof of concept is yeah yeah exactly yeah. be a lot of that and then um, a lot of the time is spent kind of thinking about the code as opposed to actually writing it. So you, you're kind of thinking about what you're going to do, especially when it comes to tests. You've got to think about which tests you're going to write, mm -hmm. how they're going to make sure that, that you're covering all your bases in the code, and then and then finally after that. I, you get down to writing the actual code. I imagine it's different like, between different areas of tech as well. Yeah, and I think it's different depending on what the specifics of the project you're working on are as well. It's interesting to think about the time thinking versus time typing. I don't, I don't have any measurement of that, and I don't ever. Have, it's not something I've ever really explicitly thought about. But thinking about it now, I bet the times when I've been not doing much thinking and just doing a lot of typing, it's probably not the best code. <laughs> 
I think that, that's the times when I'm like, oh no, I've got to go and undo that and refactor this and like come again. Solving the problem with like thinking through code can sometimes be really useful, but often is a symptom that you haven't thought out. Or for me, when I'm working, a symptom that I can recognize that means I haven't properly thought out where I'm going and what I'm trying to do. So it's that's useful to like sit down. And, oh yeah, let's maybe let's maybe right think about how to structure this test and how to like tackle this particular problem. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, oh, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but we also have um, things that could get in our way, but which aren't getting in our way, is uh, we have kind of bi-weekly training sessions. So someone will run a training session on, today it was on how you get better at debugging code. Um, just people telling some stories about how they debugged problems. So that was quite interesting, just for an hour in the afternoon. Um, and different weeks, it's different things related to the work that the majority of people are doing um so that's another thing that is fairly regular but is not something that's happening every day no we had things similar to that places i've worked in the past at the moment i think the team is maybe too is at a scale where we don't have like organized training that everyone goes to i think people do that in not on their own time but on their own schedule so you you book in the time and say right i mean i'm going to a conference on this day to go and learn something or i'm taking this course or i'm reading up about this new thing and i'm going to research that and that you block that time out it's not the whole company coming together to to do that very often yeah so then like kind of like i said earlier uh the rest of the day kind of just ends at some point <laughs> when you get to a nice point in your head hopefully when you get to a point in your head where you can stop your work you don't want to generally i try not to stop halfway through mm. a line of thought or working on something um, and that's the good thing about not having like a strict time you need to finish nine to five you can kind of finish when you you're at a place in your work if you've got 10 minutes to go at the end of the day and you've got to a like a you finished a, writing a function or something you don't want to start working on something else because it's going to take you longer than 10 minutes yeah it's a symptom of a sort of a bad work environment as well as if you're being paid to just keep a seat warm and that's what you're judged on then you'll do that i mean i i've worked somewhere in the past where it's like it was very easy to be in the boss's good books by making sure I was there half an hour early and stayed half an hour late and didn't matter if I did any work in between. <laughs> it was, that was the way to like be the golden boy. Um, and yeah, it's much nicer. It's one of the things that I've really noticed going, switching away from sort of an agency environment to specifically product-based development is that you're driven by features and results. Um, and I think that's maybe just the maturity of the team that I'm in and the, the technical leadership is, is stronger than places I've been in the past. So you do, like, what's important is what you've made and how much you've contributed. It's not, like, the... I don't, I, we don't do time tracking, for instance. I don't know if you do you track your track your time. Uh, no, we don't don't have any time tracking. And to be honest, people don't really pay attention to when you turn up and when you go home. <laughs> I think that's healthy. I think that's that's how it should be. I think if you're not if you're underperforming and you're you're taking taking the Mickey, which on large teams is almost inevitable that one or two people will be, sort of like gaming the system to their favor um but that that becomes obvious you don't have to have rigid systems in place to to catch that you just can you can tell to be honest after a certain level of time yeah and it's worth it's worth taking the hit of the however if it takes you a couple of weeks or months to notice that someone is uh, pulling a fast one like the extra added productivity you get from everyone else being comfortable and happy and being able to work on their own time frame is like massively more uh, return on investment there is pretty high <laughs> yeah and i think it speaks to the to a good hiring process as well being able to like the trust that the employees get from the company is uh 
a really important thing. Yeah, and maybe getting off the track of like your specific day and thinking more about like company structure and what have you. Do you have like regular management meetings or uh, personal development catch ups? Is there stuff in the schedule for that? Um, oh yeah, we talked about this. We talked about my one to one. I have a one, so I have a one to one. I think everyone in the company has a one to one with their manager once a month, and that can take I'd say maximum half an hour, but generally less. Um, and also we have a whole company meeting once a month. So it's nothing that's kind of stopping people getting stuff done, but it's also kind of condenses all the information into a, a company meeting. And how long do you think the company meeting is, Tom? I'm interested. Oh, it could go either way, couldn't it? I reckon it's at least an hour. Uh, generally less than half an hour. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. So it's that, again, is not something that really gets in the way of your day. Yeah, I think all the all the structured all the structured events that happen like that in our schedule, then none of them we think of as getting in the way because there's value to them. Like we have one to one catch ups with our managers as well, and that is like a fantastically useful and it's like a great thing to have. Particularly, I mean, we have them. We have like a, a short one every week at the moment because we're a small team and we like there's enough bandwidth to do that. Um, I think at some point it would, like, particularly given that we're hiring at the moment. It's likely that the the CTO is going to suddenly his entire week is one to ones, and then that suddenly becomes a becomes a different problem. Uh, but at the moment, we have them really regularly, and it's it's great to have. You never like things never fester. Things are always out in the open. You know what's going on. You have the confidence and comfort knowing that you have a voice and that you can, if you if you've got concerns, they'll be raised. And there's a, a formal well ish <laughs> process for dealing with that kind of thing which is really important when you've got teams of people working together yeah um is there anything else i think i've i've kind of described my standard day i guess they're not they're not all really standard mm. um every day is different which is well, is something i like um but is there anything else you wanted to add in that maybe we haven't talked about yeah i want i'd be interested to hear i mean it's it's early days for you so you maybe not you might not be able to answer massively thoroughly, but do you have any experience of like firefighting? And then does that ever leach out into sort of out of hours work? When you say firefighting, what do you mean? Like, oh my God, the server's down or, oh look, we're hitting this rate limit thing. We've got to address this. And oh, there's just a massive bug. Then there's our biggest client is shouting really loudly, that kind of thing. Um, I have no experience with that. Luckily that our client Bliss. we work with, we have, um, we, uh, there's a lot of meetings that go on between them, which I'm not involved in, but I guess maybe as I, I move further into the company, um, I'll uh, become more familiar with those. There are things like there is a bug that's come up from the testing team and they come over and speak to you and you need to fix it. Um, and that's something that you generally prioritize, but you are nev you're never expected to work beyond your working hours. No one, no one, I think they actively fight against you working overtime in fact, you're not allowed to work overtime. Um, you have to. You work your hours. If you work more hours, that's up to you. But you're not going. You're not going to get paid for it. <laughs> Amazing. I know there are some people that come down, particularly in the startup world, come down on the other side of that. But it's a strong signifier that somewhere is a place I would like to work when they value that divide between you know, home time and, and work time. And there's, I mean, to be honest, software people rarely die because you fixed a bug on a Monday morning rather than on a Friday afternoon. Um, there are occasions where it's like there's actual money on the line and there's like a problem with the payment system that's like a, there are big deals here and there but 
if you, re you reach the scale and maturity of a company, there's systems in place to deal with that anyway. Um, in your case, when you get bugs brought to you, is it if you get if there's a high priority bug, is it stop everything or is it put this this bug onto the task list and that's the next card that gets picked up by whoever? Yeah, has from what I've, space. from what I've seen, it's I say you don't drop everything and do it straight away. You kind of you do it when you get around to it, just because you know that it's affecting other people, not because it has to be done immediately, but because you know that the test that is something that's holding up the testers. Well, that's, that's what they do. They look for bugs like that. From what I've seen so far, this might be different on some other teams in the company. The, the deadlines are not particularly strict. Like you, you work hard. You could try and get the work done as best as you can. Um, if you miss something, it's not the end of the world. But then we'll see how we can make sure it happens next time. Mm, yeah. Uh, it sounds really sounds sounds very healthy and it sounds like a nice place to work. I'm, uh, I'm glad you've found found somewhere like that because I've taken a it's taken me a long time to find. I mean, the last few few jobs have kind of fallen into that pattern, and I'm having seen, seen it on the other side. <laughs> really do appreciate the value of that kind of thing. I mean, th there are people that on that genuinely and conscientiously take the opposite opinion. Uh, some people love the cut and thrust of like really like they're a startup team there's two of them and it's them against the world and they've got to they've got to be scrappy and they've got to fight for it and I can see the appeal of that I at my current point of life I'm not interested in doing that <laughs> um, but every now and again I do kind of wake up and think oh what if I was you know fighting to change the like change the world one men messaging system at a time or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it starts to get very uh, Silicon Valley TV show, doesn't it? <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. So we get to conclude by saying we both have nice, healthy work-life balances and work in sensible, healthy companies. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're applying for a job, make sure you look for those sorts of things in your company, if that's what you're after. Mm. Um, if you are looking for the hard-paced startup life, then you do you. But I would suggest trying to find somewhere that is more has a, a better work-life balance. Yeah, I, I value that highly. And I think the kind of stuff that we've talked about in this episode should be useful for particularly really inexperienced people coming in because I didn't know what to look for when I was first sort of trying to find a job you could be t you could see the entire culture of a company but if you don't really know what you're looking at and what you're seeing it doesn't necessarily mean anything or you don't see the the red flags and the green flags yeah, some things are signifi some things are signifiers of, of really toxic cultures and some things are rare and when you see them you go oh wow that's amazing I really want to work there because that's a, that's a rare find but you've got to know, you've got to have some kind of context to put that in to be able to make those decisions. Yeah, and hopefully you've got some sort of now, some sort of idea of what a developer's day looks like. Thanks very much for listening. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at AQO Code, where you can ask us any questions. And you can find us online at aqoc.dev, um, where you can also find uh, semi-detailed show notes and information about past episodes and also ways to subscribe. So please do that and we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.